Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to them about how they've built their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. Let's get on with the show. In this week's show, delighted to be joined by Michael Spieler, the Senior Vice President of Treasury at Uniper SE. Now, Uniper are an international energy company with over 11,000 employees, balanced portfolio, asset classes, lots of different things and capabilities, but all around energy products and services. Now, Michael and I have been trying to get this in the diary for a while, so I'm I'm grateful for his time. Um, So again, as always, I'm going to shut up and let him do the talking for a change. Michael, if you would take us well back into the dim distant past, how did you first come from your degree and then discover finance and treasury? Give us a walkthrough of you and then we'll slowly bring ourselves up to date and then then we'll dig into more about your current role and we talked before the show about risk management, cash and all that stuff. But let's talk about you and your story. So how did you first ever get started, sir? Over to you. Yes, and first of all, thanks for the invitation. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, how did I get in touch with finance? It all started and that is probably true for a lot of people who work in in, in treasury these days um, with a sort of yeah classic way through a uh, banking organization yeah so i started my work life with deutsche bank yeah i studied in a sort of collaborative model with them through that time had various interns and um then then after my studies i picked up the topic around corporate banking and and, and corporate finance with them at the time in in berlin which was quite a amazing time since it was still in the uh, late 90s where there was a lot of growth and opportunities in the eastern part of germany so got in touch with several interesting projects things like cargo lifter and 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 stuff at the time was was very very present and for me as a starter, it gave a very sound view on how banking, corporate banking works with then an additional stint with Handelshochschule Leipzig, where I did my master studies. I specialized a little bit more around risk management and the sort of interconnection between corporate funding. And that finally then, then led me to switch over and I, I joined up with E.ON then and when was it back in 2003? Yeah. And there I learned how really a, a corporate treasury works. Eon at the time was one of the one of the biggest utilities in Europe with quite dynamic portfolio acquisitions and divestments all, all over the place. Lots of, of these things then, then also created huge tasks for the treasury team at the time. After that, I think corporate treasury is always a very central function yeah, with central topics, uh, topics uh, that are from a financial management point of view are, are very, I would say, demanding. But you are at the same time also always a little bit distant of the real business. Yeah? And then at that point, I got the chance to basically, at this point in time, become a team of a venture within Eon to centralize and yeah, rebuild basically the commodity trading in, in Düsseldorf in a, a separate legal entity and, and um, supported from a treasury perspective. I, I took that challenge chance and uh, yeah, from then I, I built a, a treasury team, yeah, a sub-team that was focused on commodity-related treasury topics and that then also formed the sort of core of the team I'm I'm still leading today, yeah, because that entity was one of the 
core entities that when the split happened between then Eon and the new company, which was later on then um, called Uniba, um, formed formed the core of the new treasury operations uh, on on that side. And Michael, when you you know you came into that, you you alluded to it earlier, and we've spoken about it, but you came from banking into that sort of corporate treasury environment if you like you know and I, I joke sometimes you know people have come from the dark side of banking and we joke around about it but in a serious fashion having that background within banking a lot of people have said well at least I then know what the you know my banking counterpart wants on the other side of the table now as you came in and grew the treasury did you find that was a real insight to what your banking partners wanted is that something that you really thought oh this is all right because i know what they want all the time how did you find that was yes i mean that that, that's very true yeah it gives you at least a sense of what the person on the other side of the table is, is up to what they in the end need to make a deal also from from their point of view with success yeah so this is this is clearly this is clearly an advantage, yeah, because that then often is also something um, that helps you to steer expectations within the corporate world, yeah, when it comes to what can you expect from a bank in 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 your relationship group, where are the boundaries, and also what what does it take uh, to make uh, banking relationships also in the long term successful, yeah, because I think especially these days it's probably not wise to only take a deal by deal, yeah, but also have looking looking at your banking partners as sort of a of a long term perspective, yeah, to also make sure that they support you in an ongoing fashion and also when times are a bit tough. So I think that that's important. Yeah. So it was for sure a sort of an helpful ingredient for me, yeah, to to have the background when when I entered the corporate treasury world. Yeah. And so you, as you've come into the the world of corporate treasury and you've grown and developed and you've brought up your team, we, we alluded to the, there at the beginning of the program, you know, sometimes I talk to people and they, I say, which areas do you want to cover? And they've got a real, I want to focus in on this. I want to focus in on this. You, you gave me risk and cash management, working capital management, and then we'll come into the commodity trading. So basically the core of treasury. So maybe you can explain for us, how do you and how do the group approach treasury? What's the, your, your treasury ethos, if you like? From my point of view, Treasury always starts with making sure that the financial resources yeah, you are managing or the group fit to what the business needs and that you also, as a, as a partner to the business, uh, try to think and be a bit ahead and make sure that you can bring to the party is then in line what is, what is, what is needed for the business and for the business growth. Yeah, uh, that, that's for me the, the the core of treasury. But I would say also, especially over over the last couple of years, the sort of number of topics you should, if you will, as a as a modern and proactive treasury team cover goes beyond that. Yeah, get the financing and 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 the cash provision right. That that's I think the sort of basic topic. Yeah, it's it's not always easy and also creates challenges in itself. But on top, I think. Risk management, making sure that the financial risks are under control and managed in a cost-efficient manner is important. But even more so in the in the recent past, working working capital management, yeah, looking at the balance sheet, making sure that you have an efficient approach uh, towards working capital in the 
company and also being there a partner to the business and helping them to make the right decisions and also take risk and, and, and working capital management into account when it comes to investment decisions. Yeah, Because often, that's sometimes still the case, there's a lot of um, discussion around what a project might bring PL-wise and find a sort of an average organization. And I think there's also a view at risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what it entails for, for working capital and financial resources, which are not directly uh, connected to the project, like things, trade finance and so on, these are often ignored or not focused on uh, right from the start. And I think that's the job that you then today also have as a treasurer to make the organization aware of that working capital is not costless any anymore and um, that an efficient approach is I think today one of um, the ingredients for becoming really a successful company also from an investor point of view yeah how do you sell that to the internal relationships so treasury over the years has moved from when I first started we talked about this on a podcast recently that treasury well, we're specialists, look at us. And they then became, and the Treasury was sat in an ivory tower. And it was very much, yeah, just give us your money. We look after it. We'll de-risk it for you. Just give it over here. And then then they started to realize, well, okay, we, we, we've got an enhanced salary for, for doing all this, but actually not much of the business talks to us. We don't get really get involved in the business per se. How did you, you know, on the flip side now, and I know you and I have spoken about this, Michael, that you're really a core part of the business. How do you convince them? You know, we've got listeners today that are listening going, well, that's all very well. But my FP&A guys, they don't really talk to me. Some of my project consultants, they don't really get out there. You know, do you go out and meet them or how do you how do you earn your place at the table, if you like? Yeah, I think the, the, the first thing I think which is core is that you that you make basically clear uh, to the organization that the treasury job doesn't start with just collecting money yeah and and and, and getting financing lines from from the banks yeah that it starts earlier yeah and that you are involved in discussions around investment decisions around decisions for commercial relationships early on yeah so that you have a say there and also make people aware of certain of certain topics the second point i think that is important is that you are open and proactive regarding um, solutions to to overcome certain of of, of these challenges. So also provide active advice and being part of of, of deal teams when it comes to the negotiation of of, of certain contracts. That makes sense. And then the third thing I guess that is important is to proactively approach the business, ask them what, what their needs are, what their business plans are, what financial implications could be and by that then become a sort of a partner that is also frequently talked to. Yeah, I think there is no sense in just sitting somewhere waiting for someone in the business to call you. It should be a sort of a proactive approach. Yeah? And uh, we saw also over the last couple of years, the very moment you have done and, and created solutions that are also then to the mutual benefit in the within the organization. Yeah things that get, I don't know, certain balance sheet items off the balance sheet, things that provide a sort of a liquidity goodie yeah, that, that is then also in the end appreciated by, by the board of management, that that creates and then trust. Yeah, It shows that you are not only sitting there, as you call it, in your ivory tower and, and asking banks for 
for lines and money, but that you that you are also active and and try to shape to an extent the business and 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 find solutions to reduce their their footprint when it comes to working capital. Yeah, which for us as an asset player. And as a, a company with a with a strong commercial function around commodities is very important. So I think that is probably what modern treasury uh, takes. Yeah, that 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 you that you have that sort of connection to the business. Why bother? You you've you've semi answered that I would say, Michael. I think, but you know, if if someone is they're really busy in their day jobs um, and they're really, you know, why should I get involved? Treasury? I just need to get on with this. You know, I've just got stuff to do. What advantage inherently is there for those guys to be talking to you? Is it are you going to save them cash or are you going to save them effort? Or what are the what would you say you're in Treasury? Some you know Treasury guys are real salespeople, blah blah blah. But why why should they bother? Is it really going to make that much of a difference? In the end, then also depends a little bit on the governance you have established yeah, around working capital and risk management. Working capital, we try now for a number of years to work, uh, to manage really tight. Yeah, So there is certain budgets, internal costs in the end apply for, for usage. Yeah. That that helps to, to get the partners in the business also to, to, to the table and and think about how to manage that. Yeah, but even without that, I I would say if you if you have a sort of a, of a professional approach and you try to diligently manage your 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 balance sheet and financial assets, that this is then something the very moment you can you can offer offer help and a proactive approach, then 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 should give you the sort of entrance. Yeah, and that is at least the sort of experience I I made so far. Yeah, but but one thing I would say is for for sure if you don't do that from from your end people people won't approach you yeah and uh, the worst thing that could happen is that they make up their own minds yeah and approach banks and other financial institutions independently from from you and that is then also regarding an a sort of consolidated and organized approach to your investors and banks then I think the smartest thing to do so yeah that is how I experienced and we I touched on it earlier and before we get towards the end of today's show we, you know I wanted to explore a bit more you'd have been at Uniper a number of years but commodity trading which is a massive part of your treasury focus if you like can you can you talk us through how you what that's been like obviously we've been through you know pandemic and a few other you know situations you know how do you commodity support them and you know on, from a treasury perspective Commodity trading, I have to say, is as such one, one of the most exciting things I got exposure to over the last couple of years because markets are so diverse. Each of the commodities has its own, if you will, particularities um, with regards to how, how they are managed, settled. Um, the sort of physical connection is always there. Yeah. And most of them are globally um, traded, or at least there's always a connection to globally traded commodities, even if it's only a local product. So that makes it, I would say, um, very, very exciting area. At the same, at the same time, it's, 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 it's very, very demanding from a, from a treasury perspective, because for most of the commodities as a, a European-based entity, there is several risks and financial risks involved. Yeah? Um, that starts with Managing the FX exposure—that's a lot of—that's on a lot of, of of the trades we are we are doing. 
looking at um, the working capital impact when it comes to 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 physical commodities yeah, we are one of the biggest gas midstream companies in, in Europe storage capacity around that there's a lot of flow and and also a working capital cycle to be managed every year which can get very exciting especially around around winter time yeah not at least trading always means you have either to provide credit yeah or you you have to you have to margin your positions yeah, which uh, regarding liquidity risk is is an area of its of its own yeah but it requires a lot of thinking around the risks you are taking with your positions the potential cash requirements and the way you want to to finance then and the way you want to build cushion or or unexpected scenarios. So challenging, demanding, but at the same time, for me, also a sort of a, a thrill I very much yeah, learned to like over, over the years. Yeah. And Mike, I'll, you know, I'll let you talk because I, I just enjoyed listening to you talk about treasury and things like that. I know one of the other facets to you, if you like, and I've, I've seen you speak briefly as well before that about treasury management systems and you know helping that optimize and things. Why do you think that is so key? If you like, well, I know that's a driver for you. How would you know when people are listening? Say, well, yeah, well, treasury management systems. I was talking about this, and someone was saying, oh my goodness, it you know really drives things. But mm-hmm. the problem is sometimes they're saying, well, that's just being told to us by the treasury management system providers. They, you've got to have one. You've got to have one because they want you to use their solution. You know, why do you think from your corporate treasury perspective that's so important if you like yeah i think it always starts with the size and the business you are in with a with a company but i would say especially for for companies with a sort of an international footprint yeah with other exposures to manage at, at a certain point in time, I think you can't you can't do that with, with Excel or other tools which are not really specialized treasury aspects. So just basically remembering the situation we were in one and a half years ago when we had to do all our, our business from a certain point in time on from home. Yeah, I was so glad that we just were through with our uh, review and, and new setup of, of the treasury system we use. So it really enabled us together with the landscape our IT colleagues put in place and they great job half a year before the pandemic came in to really make us uh, digital in that respect. So we were rather seamlessly in a position where we could basically do all our business from home, yeah, front to end. And through the system, we were connected workflow-wise with our back office, with our risk management people, in the end also with our payment systems. And that was a great relief and a great help in, in managing the situation at the time. Yeah, To be honest, no idea how we would have managed that situation without a system. Yeah, But even apart from such rather uh, extreme situations, I think ability to, through such a system, and then it always depends on the vendor, but I think the, the more advanced ones uh, these days all provide a sort of a cash management function that you can do completely front-to-end in the system, a risk management capability that allows you to really steer the treasury book, have your P&L, your risk positions, real-time under control, the sort of ability to connect to other systems. That is for us, for instance, important to get all the exposure from, from the trading business rather automatically into our book. Yeah, These things really enable you in a very efficient 
way and then also with a rather small team to be on top what what's happening in the company yeah and and manage cash and 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 risks and with without a system i think it's much harder to get that consolidated view that sort of consolidated management ability of of risks and and then cash so i think therefore given we are talking about a certain uh, size and complexity and also geographical span of the business there's i think no no way around a system that, that that's helping you there yeah you touched there on, on covid and you know and getting through the things you know as we now move we're moving out of that how do you, where do you see the future? You know, we've got lots of different things coming at us. You know, we've got, you know, all the digital assets things and those things coming up. But more more basically, you know, where where do you see Treasury moving from here? And, you know, what are the key things you, you reflect on and think, right, this is what we need to be planning for? Looking at the, at the challenges, also looking at the, the discussions we have in various forums with peers in the in the industry or in the corporate world next years ahead i think optimizing cash and liquidity planning is a topic and remains one that that, that needs to be tackled by treasury organizations yeah being a partner to the business when it comes to recognizing external challenges and the way we want to manage them is, is equally important for treasury yeah because we are getting either directly through capital markets but also through the banks very often early indicators yeah how the external world is looking at your company and what you are doing that starts with ESG topics and ends with uh, good governance and and reputational topics, yeah. Translating this then also into inputs how a company should develop and where it should focus to is important. I think comes even more important in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And then all digital topics, yeah, which starts with the system that we just that we just touched on, but goes beyond that. I think a lot of what we are still doing, be it in trade finance, but also in the way we, we deal with banks and with these day-to-day processes are still regarding their core design yeah, from the latest century yeah, in a lot of cases. I think this will completely change. Yeah, and that will be one of the sort of things you have to be on top of. And it will probably also require a little bit of a um, different skill set than at least for parts of the team. Yeah, So these days, if we do hire someone, then we most of the time also check what, what's what's the sort of, of, of digital exposure that person had. What can it also bring to, to the party with respect to that? Yeah, to have a good mixture between people who are uh, there with a banking background, but also others with a with a more of a digital and native style. I think that combination is, is the one that probably makes you better better prepared what is what is what is going to come and then finally i guess people as such will become one of the focus areas also uh, in, in in the treasury world if it isn't already there because new way of work the ability to do most of your stuff remotely will also be a challenge in the way you handle and lead your business. And in the end, then also you manage your team. And treasury teams are usually rather rather small ones these days. Yeah, There it's even more important that you keep up a team spirit and a sort of a joint vision in a world where then 
probably you, you work two to three days outside the office. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that that's what, what comes to my mind to think about the future of treasury. Yeah. Amazing. I, I just, I, I shut up there because I thought you were giving some amazing nuggets for people listening today that I think exactly as you say, I think people are you know still struggling to get to know this new world of treasury and this new way of doing things if you like and and how treasury will opposite you know operate with you know only a couple of days in the office and what are you then going to collaborate what are you going to do face to face yeah it's just it, it's it's a whole new world i think going forward so amazing advice there michael any final wrap-up pieces i mean that that sounded like a good wrap-up to me we'll put your linkedin details in the show notes or Anything else you wanted to sign off with today? Because I think people can just take this away and it's it's, it's great advice sort of thing. In the end, I, I still have to say from my point of view, treasury and all the topics that are involved there, they, they are fun. Yeah, People who are interested in doing it, they shouldn't be too scared about sometimes a sort of technical appearance that that area has that really involves a lot of fun topics. And I think is a great way also to get to know a company and a good starting point for a career in a, in a company. If you are open-minded, not only interested in your core fa- uh, topics, but also in what what the business and how the business is doing. And so I can only recommend everyone who, who starts a career probably to pick that area. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And well, that's why we host this to tell people about the wonderful world of treasury. And I, yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for some amazing advice, sir. It was just brilliant as always. And I look forward to seeing you in the real world, you know, over for a beer or, you know, maybe just a coffee. I don't know. One day soon, you know, to talk more about treasury. So thank you very much. Likewise, yeah, and really let's do that. And hopefully soon we can rely on on, on other communication channels again, and not only Zoom, yeah? Yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah, not to just do Zoom like this, but actually do that real world thing. So uh, no, look exactly. forward to it, sir. Thanks. Thanks very much, Michael. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, sir. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe, depending on where you listen, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or another great place to listen to the show from. It's totally free, and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing. Just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.